Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome again to another episode of the Morning After Spoiler Podcast. And we're focusing this time on the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, We just got Chapter 3 that dropped yesterday. And here is the episode where I'm going to talk about it. And of course, if you don't know already, this is a spoiler-filled show where I talk about the entire episode um, and what was revealed, what we got. Um, So thank you again for tuning in and joining. Um, These episodes drop every week, the day after the episode airs on Disney+. Plus. It can also be found on podcast form on your podcast platform of choice under the Low-Key Geek podcast channel. Uh, Links for everything can be found in the description. Uh, So if you are new, feel free to check it out. Uh, And if you like what you see, don't forget, hit that subscribe button and like this episode on YouTube. Don't forget to download them on podcast form if you are an audio listener. But for those of you returning, welcome back. Let's talk about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, first, I'll give my thoughts like I do with every episode. Um, I really like this episode. Uh, this is the first episode that we're getting. Uh, by the way, it's chapter three, The Streets of Mos Espa. And I like it because this is the first episode that we got that really primarily focused on present time. Where we know Boba Fett is currently on Tatooine. He is in Mos Espa. He's trying to be the new overall crime lord of this city and possibly the planet um and you know he's come across some opposition as we've seen in previous episodes um and they are really starting to open up the galaxy more and the universe more to us who maybe the general fans won't aren't too familiar with a lot of the things that they started to reveal and they're bringing into prominence uh faction or a syndicate as uh, they refer to um, that in the past maybe we've heard rumblings of if you are a fan of the Clone Wars maybe you are more familiar with this type of syndicate we already got a taste of them in the previous episode um, that you could uh, see my take on it uh, um, in my previous episode of this podcast show Um, But I like it because, again, we are being introduced to some new characters and a new threat um, to Boba and Fedek. And uh, it was finally revealed to us who more than likely is the main opposition here. And now we're starting to really understand what Boba is up against. Um, There's a lot of, um, you know, Talks and rumors about who Boba could really be facing here um, when he's trying to take control of his reign and gain the respect of everyone within the city and on the planet. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of talks about, is it the Huts? You know, is it some of the other crime families that's on the sound? Um, I love how this episode really explained a lot of what's happening currently now and what Boba has to face in order to um, gain control of the situation because right now he doesn't have any control of it and he's still trying to figure things out on his own um, which is really really interesting and Fennec of course is really helping him try to understand and try to get into his mind that he has to kind of change his mindset you know it's been said that you know being a bounty hunter is so different than being like a, a crime lord you know uh, a ruler of families the mayor uh, itself explained it to him as well you know like it's so different and you better be ready for it because there's a lot of crap that's going to happen and so far it looks like there is a ton of stuff that's going to happen that he's going to have to deal with and learn how to you know work with and work again you know fight against and all that stuff like that um this episode had a lot of also some new um cameos actor cameos that i found very interesting um which i will go into later on but yes i would say this each episode as with a lot of the star wars uh shows like the mandalorian even the bad batch and you know clone wars each episode as we dive further into the story um, it's getting stronger and stronger and we're finally getting this stuff that we've been dying to you know learn about because the previous two episodes were a lot of flashbacks you know getting the understanding of where Boba was previously and how he's how he got to where he is now which is perfectly fine I love it but I love how this episode really really honed in on present time yes there is a flashback but it's so brief um, and but it's a flashback that even helped us tie into um, how we got reintroduced to Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, which I again, I will explain in a little bit, but really, really good stuff. Um, it's a shorter episode. Um, it dropped from the previous episode, which was like 52 minutes or so uh, to 38, you know, so it's a shorter episode, but they packed in a lot of stuff within this episode um, and they did a really good job with explaining a lot of things now I do have my gripes again I do feel that the CG in this show so far is not the best um, there's a one particular sequence towards the end which I just couldn't stop you know getting over it's just for me it just felt a little jarring that the CG was just a little off for me um, they're doing their best. You know, it's kind of hard to portray certain events, uh, especially to make it look so real. But, you know, everyone always loves to talk about like the Uncanny Valley and all that. And I'm not talking about characters. I'm just talking about special effects. Um, but still, they make it look very real as far as the city landscape is concerned. You really do feel like you are in the city of Mos Espa, which they are really doing a great job. Robert Rodriguez returns and directs this particular episode. Uh, I believe he directed the first one. Um, and then we had another director in the previous episode, uh, which uh, they did a great job, especially with such a flashback heavy episode. Um, but yeah, um, I'm look, I'm liking this series a lot. 
it's giving us a lot of backstory and a lot of um, current storylines that uh, we are, you know, it's allowing us to be introduced to things that I think as a Star Wars fan, we've been wanting to see of. And that's a lot of differences in the universe that we don't get to see. You're not hopping from planet to planet. You are really focused on this one particular planet that we are very familiar with, but we never really got to see the intricacies of this planet, especially in the cities, right? Um, if you're a huge fan of bounty hunters and, you know, Boba Fett and the like, you are really getting a, a true understanding of how, you know, this kind of underground uh, network works, you know, as far as like all the crime families and the syndicates and all that stuff like that. You know, this is truly like a Sopranos type show where we are going to deal with crime bosses and families and working with them and maybe you know going against them and all this kind of stuff like that so i i really really love how this episode and the series is playing out so far um for those people who have been really really angry about all the flashbacks and there's too many flashbacks and yada 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 then this episode should have satisfied you a little bit more because we got more of that present time feel so Without further ado, let me just dive into the spoiler review uh, or spoiler recap of everything. Um, but like I said, the, the episode title is The Streets of Mos Espa. That gives away a lot, in my opinion, because we spend a lot of time learning about everything that's been happening within Mos Espa. Um, the beginning of the episode, we get a great breakdown of everything that's been happening ever since you know Jabba's demise and Bib Fortuna took over so and they did it brilliantly why they have the the main robot guy there uh, explaining and giving a presentation to Boba and Fennec about this is a city and these are how the businesses and the families are kind of split up right so we are told that you know Bib basically took the reins after Jabba you know died and you know the 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 tragedy of the you know, the barge exploding and all this kind of stuff like that and he he took over but he doesn't have the power that Jabba has so what he did is that he started working with all the different crime families um and gave them all uh parts of the city to kind of stick to all under his tutelage so to speak and all the tributes and the money that he takes in from these families to keep things kind of copacetic he then pays off to the mayor right so we are told that the city is pretty much split into three family zones right um you got the center of the city that is um controlled by the trandoshians uh those are the, the species that bosk the bounty hunter um I, like i explained in the previous episode i said i noticed that we see a lot of these trandoshians just in the city hanging out whenever we see boba and fennec walking around the city and everything so this explains why because that family pretty much maintains the center part of the city, right? Then there's another part of the city that is pretty much run by the Aqualish group. And if you want to know who those guys are, uh, the Aqualish is basically um, this character. And, you know, in A New Hope, episode four, uh, one of these guys were the ones that approached uh, Obi-Wan 
and lost his arm, unfortunately, um, to Obi-Wan after the little uh, scuffle there with Luke and Obi-Wan in the cantina. But these guys own a certain part of the city. And then another part of the city is run by the Klaatuian Klaatuian group. (laughs) Look, uh, uh, these names sometimes are hard to pronounce, but yes, the Klaatus. Let's just call them the Klaatus, right? The Klaatus, these are these guys. Uh, they are native to the planet Klaatuin, like Tatooine, get it? Um, but these are the, the beings that, uh, sent, they're, they're, uh, described as sentient humanoid species. Uh, they're the ones who run another part of, uh, Tatooine there. So, we get a great explanation about all that stuff and how everything's split up. Uh, and how everything's run. So, you know, you have a conversation with Boba and Fennec about, all right, so now we understand all this, but who are the ones that could be responsible for sending in the assassins? Because if the mayor didn't do it, who did it? And then, you know, Fennec's like, come on, it must be the Huts, right? They're the ones that they want to reclaim Jabba's uh, property and uh, controls. That's why the twins showed up previously um you know so it must be them who are you know who must have sent the assassins to to take boba out and just reclaim what they wanted to reclaim right so they understand that all right this is what we're dealing with so we got to find out more info later on blah 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 then we get the first of the two uh actor cameos and uh basically uh this is a merchant that wanted to come to Boba because he has a little gripe, right? And the actor is Steven Root. Uh, You will know him very much from his role in Office Space, where he plays uh, the poor guy that, you know, loves his stapler and all that. Uh, I have a picture of him right here. So let me pull that up. This guy. So, yeah. So, you recognize him from Office Space. He's also a very prominent voice actor who plays a lot of voices on um, King of the Hill. Uh, But he basically is a merchant who has a gripe with what's going on right now. He points out that, look, no one in the city respects you because you haven't done anything to control the chaos that's been happening ever since Bib Fortuna, you know, died. Uh, you know, ever since he was assassinated. And he's being very respectful. You know, it's like, look, I'm a water merchant and, you know, my inventory is constantly being stolen um, by these gangs. Um, one gang in particular who uh, he describes as uh, cybernetic uh, humanoids. Uh, basically, uh, these are people that uh, alter their bodies with cybernetic implants and all that kind of stuff like that and they're constantly stealing his inventory um, and he makes a promise to Boba it's like look if you could take care of this group I will make sure that my tributes to you moving forward will be doubled you know you just gotta get rid of these guys and the gang itself is pretty much like taken right out of cyberpunk if you ever played the game Cyberpunk, you will see that, you know, these guys are pretty much very similar. They have like cybernetic uh, eyes or arms or limbs or whatever. They a lot of enhancement that make them more powerful when they, you know, fight or when they're trying to do whatever they're trying to do. Right. So Boba's like, all right, 
let's go see what's going on, right? So, we, you know, we see Boba um, walking into town with uh, Fennec. Uh, it's a nighttime scene. So it's one of the rare moments that we also get to see a nighttime scene in Mos Espa. Uh, and he comes across this group. And basically, the group is, you know, they already got some new water with them and they're hanging out. And they're a bunch of young kids, right? Young ruffians hanging out. And, you know, they said, you know, Boba approaches them and basically is like, look, you guys are, you know, thieving and that's not acceptable here. Um, You know, and she's like, we don't care what you say. Um, The female of the group that we've seen a picture of in the teaser trailers and all that stuff and everyone's been wondering when is this person going to show up well we finally got her right um so she seems to be like the the main voice of the group and all that and she's like look everything in this city is overpriced and we can't afford anything so we got to do what we got to do to survive right and boba's like well why don't you work this is the working community get a job and she's like dude there are no jobs. Look around. What are you talking about? So, but she's being very honest and being very brave in just speaking up to Boba. You know, Boba's like, don't you know who I am? And she's like, I know exactly who you are, but I don't care. You know, you haven't done anything, right? So again, as Stephen Root said, no respect, right? So Boba kind of like takes a liking to all that. And she's like, he's like, you know, you're pretty brave. Well, if you need a job, why don't you come work for me? You know, I like how you talk. You're you're very brave and all that. Let's hope that your fighting skills are as good as your mouth is, right? Uh, giggity. Anyway, so hesitantly, they're like, huh, that could be something. Then out comes Steven. You know, it's like, wait a minute. You're going to let them get away with all this stuff? They stole my stuff. How could they? You know, you got to put your foot down. And I was like, oh, well, how much did everything cost that they, you know, stole from you? And he's like, 1,300 credits. It's all right. I'll give you 500. He's like, wait a minute, 500? And he's like, but was basically like, look, be happy you're getting this. You know, get the, we'll give you this. We'll squash it. You don't have to worry about them stealing anything from you anymore because they're going to be working for me. And let's just call it a day. And by the way, cut your prices because they're way too expensive. And... They just walk off, right? And you could see Steven's just like, this mother effer, you know? I was like, oh. And boom, we get the title card and everything like that. So I thought this was a brilliant part of the show because now Boba has his own gang, right? And they're like a biker gang, too. We get later on in the episode, we see that they they ride like these really custom kind of like vintage looking um, speeder bikes, modified speeder bikes that look very, very not Star Wars like. They look like they belong in like a 50s version of Star Wars if we were going to do something like American graffiti style. Um, So it's really cool. So, yeah, got me thinking like, wait a minute. Boba has a gang now, you know. And this is a perfect moment where we could get a new rock album called Boba and the Gang. How awesome would that be? You know, Boba and his gang of, you know, street bikers and all that stuff like that, you know, speed bikers. And they're going to form a group together and sing awesome um, 
I don't know, doo-wop songs or maybe some um, some rock songs. You know, maybe they they can team up with some of the dudes from the cantina to do their music for them and everything like that. But how cool of an album cover is this? I mean, Boba and the Gang, I love it. So, so we get that right. So we at least we know Boba has been building like his army, right? Kind of like his his uh, support system um, as he's trying to take over the reins of, of Jabba and everything like that. So very, very interesting stuff. Now, this is a part of the episode. After that, we're like, okay, he's back in the Bactic tank. So this means, okay, we're going to get another flashback, right? But like I mentioned before, it's a brief flashback, which I actually really appreciate, but still progresses some of that um, backstory that we were already been given and kind of, you know, moves it on. And now we're getting it tied closer to current times. So basically you see Boba, he's up on this Banta and he, it looks like he's leaving the Tuscan camp because he's going into town uh, because he's looking for something, you know, and he has a dream prior to that of him as a kid on Camino watching um, the ship that his uh, that Django uh, flew, which he later on he takes over, you know, and that's hence is Slave One, right? So we know he eventually gets it back because we saw him fly it in season two of The Mandalorian. So this must be the next step, which is something I mentioned in the previous episode that the next, you know, co- most common thing that he's going to do is now I need to get my ship back, and then after my ship. Where can I get my armor, right? So this has to be the next thing. So he's going into town, and this is where we start getting ties into the Mandalorian. Because as he's walking into town, and not walking, riding the Bantha into town, we get to see him, uh, or we get, yeah, we get to see him basically go through very iconic scenes that we saw in the first season of the Mandalorian. Like, for example, we get to see this. Now, if you remember the trailers of The Mandalorian, and especially in the episode of The Mandalorian, where you see the stormtroopers' uh, helmets on these pikes, this was a very prominent uh, visual of Mandalorian. And the minute I saw this, I was like, oh, snap. Now we're getting closer to the timeline of The Mandalorian. And then what even moved it along further was when we saw this little lady and her a little... Um, droids there um the little droids that work in her shop or in her hangar and all that stuff like that uh this is played by that famous comedic actress i forget her name right now but this was she's also a very controversial character because she was quite annoying for a lot of people myself included um but we see her walking in the background and we're like oh wait a minute yes we are finally getting tied into the Mandalorian, which is pretty freaking awesome. So after we see that, you know, he goes to this little hut and he's trying to speak to one of the heads of the Pike Syndicate. You know, the, the Pikes we saw uh, in the previous episode, they're the ones running the crazy freight train through the Dune Sea. They, you know, were able to shut it down and they made a deal with them saying, hey, look, you want to use this sea for transport. You got to make a deal with us. We'll pay protection and you do go on with your business and all that kind of stuff like that. So he's going there to kind of ask for, all right, it's time to collect. I'm here for this month's or this week's or whatever. 
protection money. The guy that he talks to was basically like, look, we want to work with you, but we're already paying protection money to this other uh, other group. And it's like, there, sh- there aren't any other group. You know, the Dune Sea belongs to the Tuscans, and we're the ones that you should be worried about. It's like, no, 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 no. There's this other gang that we've been paying um, money to, production money to, for a while now. And this is the same gang that Boba fought against in that bar where he was trying to take the speeder bikes from the previous episode. So apparently they are running rampant and they're claiming that that is their territory. So the guy, the Pike is like, look, like I said, I don't mind working with you, but I, we can't be paying two groups. So Boba's like, fine, I will handle it. And you'll be hearing from me. And this is a part of the episode which was actually pretty sad um, because he heads back to the Tuscan camp and he notices that there's smoke and fire. And unfortunately, it looks like the camp was demolished, was completely wiped out. And, you know, everyone is dead, completely, completely killed off and all that. And again, another problem I have with this show so far they keep killing Banthas. How many times are we going to see Banthas slaughtered in this episode? We had at least two or three in the previous one. I could see and count at least three or four more in this scene, one particular scene. Like, can we stop it with the killing off of the Banthas? I think I'm going to start a petition, online petition. We need to start, you know, save the Banthas because there's too much slaughter of these Banthas, you know. But anyway. So we kill, they, you know, we see that the entire cap is wiped out. You could tell he's completely distraught. He's like, man, this is messed up. Like, this is just, we can't have this happen. He burns the bodies and you could see he's very emotional, right? And then he looks off into one of the tents and he can see that there is uh, a sign left. And it's the same exact sign that he saw in the first episode of the, 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 speeder bike gang basically as they were rummaging through this other dude's hut they graffitied his wall with their symbol and he put two and two together and he's like all right it's these guys and you could tell he's thinking yeah these guys gotta go because they are just causing ruckus and chaos and it's just not cool and now it's affecting me boba in essence loses another family he saw his dad murdered in front of him, right? Uh, then God knows what he went through for the rest of his life. He almost dies. He gets rescued by this new group that became kind of like his family. And now they're gone, right? So it's tragedy upon tragedy. So Boba is like, all right, this is messed up. Something's going to be done about it. Now you get to see him still in the Bakta tank, and you think, all right, this is now the end of his flashback. But wait a minute. He was forced to wake up because why? Guess who's back? My boy, my new favorite character in Star Wars, and that is this dude. Black Santon. That's right. Chrysanthemum is back, and he is looking to kill Boba Fett. It's on, unlike Donkey Kong, right? And man, this dude is fierce. 
he basically yanks Boba directly out of his back, the tank. No shits given. And starts wailing on him. Just a pound, pound. You know, so it's a huge fight scene that progress that yeah, you know, and Boba is like hanging in there. I mean, he's getting tossed around like a rag doll, but he's still hanging in there. But it gets to a point where, you know, one thing about Wookiees, you know, they are extremely strong. And once they get you in that bear hug, forget it. You you it's lights out. And it looks like they were getting to that point. And then what did I say? Bo and the gang. That's right. The gang shows up and they try to save their boss. And they do pretty well on their own. You know, it's at least like what? You're talking about a good five of them, uh, four or five of them. They all got their own type of weaponry and all that. And homegirl over here, the main the main girl, the leader, she is fierce. I mean, she is just she's like another Fennec. You know, she doesn't give two shits. And she dives right in there and stabs uh, Chrysanthemum right in the back or right in the side. So they're going toe-to-toe. Then the Gamorrean guards show up. And this dude is just like, "Uh uh-oh. He feels that the guards are probably more of a threat. So he just dives directly towards them and kind of, like, throws them down the stairs, damages one really badly. And now the fight is, like, right in the throne room. And they're going off and all that. And they got him surrounded right but he's he's not putting he's not going out without a fight then fennec shows up and fennec's like hold on i got this activates the trap door he falls down but then catches the ledge right um so he's like i'm not done yet in in wookies or whatever and she takes a knife tosses it to his hand ow and he drops and he falls and now he's captured right so now they were able to uh capture and uh maintain uh, Chrysanthemum in the Rancor pit in the du- in the dungeon, right? So, all right. Crisis averted. Bobuk shows up. One of the guards is like uh, really badly damaged. Like, put him in the back of the tank. Let's heal him up and all that. Fennec, we got to talk about this. And she's like, this is not going to stop, right? So, we now get a scene of them at the dinner table. And she's just lounging back, eating away. And she's like, this is the life. Because they got food galore. And he's just sitting there. Because he's just thinking of strategy. He's just like, we got to send a message back. We got to find a way to respond. And she's basically like, you need to learn how to be a crime boss. You know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Enjoy all the offerings and all that stuff like that. I mean, when you see a spread like this, I mean, how can you not enjoy it, right? Well, yeah, I get it. Boba's concerned. You know, look, dude almost killed me. This is not going to end. The huts are relentless. They want their stuff back. You know, I got to find a way to respond. And she's just like, it'll happen. It'll happen when it happens, right? But, you know, she's she's living it up. She loves it. She loves every bit of it. So Mr. Droid comes in and he's like, hey, Guess what? You have a guest. You have a guest. You have two guests. The twins are back. The twins are back and they have a gift. Ooh, present time. So Boba and Fennec are like, all right, let's talk to these fools. So they show up and basically they're here to apologize. They're like, look, we tried to kill you. It didn't work out. Our bad. We're sorry. We wanted to apologize. And 
to show you our uh, sincere apologies, here's a gift. And what is the gift? We're getting a new Rancor. Boba Fett has a brand new Rancor. And I think that is so brilliant. And here's another brilliant, brilliant part. Very Robert Rodriguez-like. Who's the animal trainer or handler? Well, it's none other than Machete himself, Danny Trejo. That's right. Let me let me move this over so we could like bask in his glory of Trejo-ness. I mean, look at this guy. It's Robert Rodriguez. It's Machete. Of course we're going to get Danny Trejo in Star Wars. So now he's in Star Wars. And... Basically, he is the handler of this brand new Rancor, who we come to find out that he's had this Rancor ever since birth. And he's been um, mining it and waiting for the perfect moment because he wants to train it from the very beginning. And now he has a great opportunity for that. So they get this gift. Bubba's like, all right. I'll accept this gift, but you got to make one promise to me. You got to leave Tatooine. I had enough of your crap. You got to leave me alone and get out of here. And they're like, no problem. We're planning to leave anyway, but not because you're telling us to, but because we found something out that we didn't know. And basically both you and I have been lied to. And he's like, what are you talking about? So basically, it turns out that Tatooine, most Espa, Tatooine, Jabba's foothold control has been promised to another syndicate. And Boba's like, what are you talking about? Well, who bartered this deal? And they said, the mayor did. Oh, well, we got to talk to the mayor then because that's not what I've been told or I haven't been told any of that and that's not going to happen. So... Boba's like, all right, we got to talk to the mayor. But you know what? Before you leave, here, here's your bounty hunter. Here's your Wookiee warrior. Take him back and get out of here. And <laughs> so messed up. This part is so messed up. They're basically like, nah, you could keep him. You know, maybe you could sell him back to the warrior guild or something like that because we don't need him anymore. You know, we're just going to leave. And we advise that you do the same. Peace out. The poor dude. He's like, I basically worked for you guys, tried to take this dude out, got captured. I could have probably gotten killed because I was outnumbered. And you just leave me here? That's messed up. So Boba's like, look, we, we don't need him. And I don't want to keep any prisoners, so let's just let him go. And you could see, like, Chris, uh, Chris face just like, really? You're going to let me go? And, you know, he's like, go on, but here's some advice from a former bounty hunter. Be careful who you work with because you're going to deal with crap like that. And they're going to give two shits about you, right? And Chris Anson's like, that's it? Okay. And he just runs off. But you know we're going to see him again. Somehow he's going to come back. And maybe save Boba Fett because, you know, Wookiee's got that loyalty thing. You know, basically, you just saved my life, kind of, and you let me free. So is there going to be a li another life debt involved here? Or just a remembrance that, like, look, you did a solid for me. I'm going to do a solid for you. So I thought that was pretty cool. So we are definitely going to 
be seeing them again, um, more than likely in this series or whatever, right? But yeah, so he lets him go. And now we get this really, really cute moment of Boba getting familiar with his new pet, the new Rancor. You know, he talks to Danny and they talk about, you know, you know, first of all, why is the Rancor like just not moving around? It's just basically on the ground. And Danny is like, well, he's depressed. You know, we learn that rancors are, rancors are very emotional creatures. Um, but we also learned that they have this um, imprint thing where they, uh, the first humanoid or human that they see, they imprint on it. Um, just like many other animals in the animal kingdom. And, you know, they're basically tied to that person. And Danny's like, you know, I'm really excited because... I've had this rancor for a while and I've been dying to like train it and now is a great opportunity for, for me to train it uh, and work for you and all that. And you could see Boba is really getting close to this rancor. You know, he starts petting it and finds a sweet spot and it's like, oh, you like that, don't you, mm, little cutie and all that. And then we hear a story about from Danny that rancors are not only warriors but they're they're very um, great creatures to uh, be uh, pets with and you know it's you know legends have been said that even the witches on Dathomir rode these creatures into battle and all that and then once Boba hears that I was like wait a minute you could ride this thing I want to do that Boba loves animals and there's one thing that he loves he loves riding animals we've seen you know, we've seen Boba do that on the cartoon in the Christmas special. The first introduction, he's already riding an animal. You know, he loved riding that bantha, right? And he said he's ridden creatures 10 times its size or whatever, right? So he's like, I want to ride this creature. And Danny's like, really? Well, that's going to take a lot of dedication and all that stuff. And he's like, I don't care. I want to do it. So, you know, very, very... Uh, we knew this was coming next while watching the episode. He's going to get imprinted. So takes off the blinders and boom. Uh, the Rancor imprints uh, Boba and all that. And basically Boba is going to have a brand new pet. And if we get to see him ride it, I think that would be amazing. I mean, how can you not love this little guy? Look at this little guy. Oh, little Rancor. He's going to be a little nice, nice little pet of Boba and he's like "Ooh, what are we going to name you so I'm really really interested to see what he decides to name this Rancor and all that but yes we are going to see him with a Rancor and I think that's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be really really funny at the same time so as he's getting familiar with this Rancor basically he gets pulled away because he's like look it's time to go see the mayor we got to get some answers. So, you know, they go back into the city and they have another a little encounter with uh, the major domo there and all that. And, you know, I was getting a little worried because I thought we we're going to get another little comedic back and forth, especially with the, the receptionist there. But Fennec takes a stand. It's like, look, be mindful of what you say to us now, because if you want to continue living, you're going to make sure we're going to talk to the mayor right now. And... You know, he's like, oh, okay. Uh, so he's like, let me move around the schedule. I'll be right back. He goes into the mayor's office and locks the door. And immediately they're like, okay, 
something's not gonna happen something's not right here they bust through the door he's gone so he flees they run outside and they see him speed away in his little um speed speeder there and of course who's waiting outside Boba and the gang. That's right. The the biker gang is waiting outside because now, you know, they accompany Boba wherever he goes. And they're basically he's basically, you know, Fennec's like, chase him. We need him. And off they go to the races. And this is a part of the episode where we get like a little chase scene, which is kind of cool. But this is where my gripe falls in, my main gripe. And like I said, the CG just didn't work for me. It just, it's, it felt kind of messy, kind of clunky. We've seen speeder scenes in The Mandalorian. I thought those speeder scenes looked a whole lot better. This, you didn't really get a sense of speed, but they were acting like they were going really fast. Um, and a lot of the, the movements were very, like, you know, janky and very, like, you know, spotty and everything like that. You get some funny moments, you know, where they're speeding on and, you know, of course, you're going to get the someone walking across the street and like, oh, no, and it's a protocol droid. And all. he's like, eh. you know, and then we get an encounter with like some other aliens, like trying to cross the road, um, you know, merchants, you know, their things getting blown up and destroyed. We get this really silly moment where this group of guys are trying to, they do the, the, the pain glass thing where they're like walking with this big painting of Jabba the Hutt. And one of the, the bikers like crashes right through that thing. It was all right. It was, it was, it was okay. Right. But yeah, I, this whole sequence just had me, it just threw me off. Um, but they were able to catch up to uh, Major Domo there. Uh, and they confront him and he's like, all right, where's the mayor? We need to talk to him. And this is where we get the revelation that he's with the Pikes and he's working with them. Dun, dun, dun. The Pikes, the Pikes, the Pikes are here. What does that mean? So we find out and we realize that this is going to be probably the major threat of Boba. We've already encountered them in the previous episode, right, in the flashback, and now they're here. And, you know, one of the last scenes that we see, they got one of the dudes spying in on the like the hangars and all that, and they got, like, these Starline cruisers coming in, and a huge group of pikes just come on, um, get off the ship. And he reports back to Boba and Fennec and said, yeah, pikes are in town. Um, maybe... 15, 20 of them, whatever. And, you know, Fennec and Boba have their last conversation of the episode. And it's like, they're here. They're coming. That must mean they're looking to go into war. They're they're building up. And Boba's like, well, we got to be ready. And, looks, and that's what it looks like is going to happen. My opinion, it looks like that... We are going to get a confrontation with Boba and the Pikes. The Pikes are wanting to take over the planet, the city and the planet. And he's probably going to end up rallying with the other crime families to fight against them. And then we're going to see what happens, right? So very, very interesting stuff there. And a lot of, you know, the non-Star um, Wars fan or, or the, the, you know, the g general Star Wars fan, the casual fan, may not be aware of who the Pikes are and all that, but the Pikes have been around, you know, 
in Star Wars for a while now, but maybe we just didn't pay so much attention to them because we just didn't know enough about them. But now we're getting a full-blown um, reintroduction or put it more in the forefront as to the Pike Syndicate is a syndicate that is uh, very, very deep-rooted in you know the underground uh, crime syndicates and all that. And digging up some history and backstory, it really turns out that they are huge and they're not to be trifled with, you know. So for the casual Star Wars fan out there who are wondering about the Pikes, I'd like to introduce this little segment before we end this episode and call this, Who the Pike Are You? That's right. Let's talk about the Pikes. Let's talk about what I dug up here. And we'll we'll talk about some of the backstory of the Pikes and why they may be very important, especially in this series of Boba Fett. So I did some digging around. Uh, the Pikes are kind of half humanoid, half fish-like species from a planet called Obadia. Again, if you go back to some of the Star Wars, especially in the Clone Wars, the prequels, you've heard this planet mentioned several times. Um, so Obadiah is in out, is one of the Outer Rim territories. Sometime during the Old Republic, a group of them formed a criminal organization known as the Pike Syndicate. Uh, the Syndicate first made its appearance on a Season 5 episode of The Clone Wars. Ever since, the org, uh, they have also shown up in The Bad Batch, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, and their first live action um, on screen uh, kind of debut, so to speak, was in Solo, a Star Wars story. And they've also been featured, of course, in books, comics, and some video games and all that. So um, as we've seen in the previous episode during Boba's flashback, one of their main thing is that they're kind of like spice smugglers. They're traitors, right? Um, and... Yes, spice does exist in Star Wars. I know spice is the major thing in Dune, but enough with the comparisons of Dune and Star Wars. It's very obvious, and it was known for a while, that George Lucas did take a lot of influence from Dune when he was building Star Wars. All right, let's get over it. Spice is something. You know, we've heard of the spice mines on Kessel. You know, even Lando was involved in some of that stuff that we learned, you know, throughout the movies and everything. So um, this substance that they tend to really control has been a major thing and played out within the Star Wars universe, right? So, um, and again, like I said, spice has been a main thing all throughout, you know, like, for example, um, some of the th examples I read, like Han Solo's issues with Jabba began when he dumped the Hutt's spice shipment in order to avoid trouble, um, you know, from uh, the Empire, right? And then Luke Skywalker even grew up believing that his father worked on a spice freighter. So yes, spice does exist, but spice seems to be the main commodity that the Pikes have controlled. Um, so, you know, the Pike Syndicate has close ties with the Galactic Empire because of the fact that they, uh, uh, were mining a lot of these spices, especially on Kessel. 
and during the empire's rule, criminals and political prisoners alike were frequently sent to work as slaves on castle mines under the watchful eyes of the Pike Sentinels, right? So we even get to see a lot of that in Solo. But first, before that, um, in episode two, uh, in the prequels, um, the Pike Syndicate uh, not only had close ties with the Galactic Empire, but so- something that was more obvious was the organization had past involvements in crime, such as the disappearance of Jedi Master Cypher Dias. Cypher Dias, um, which you remember was mentioned a lot during um, uh uh, Obi-Wan's visit to Kamino. Um, so Sifo-Dyas was the man Anakin and Obi-Wan discovered was responsible for commissioning the clone army in Star Wars Episode 2. He was later killed by Count Dooku in the Clone Wars. Uh, season 6 episode of The Lost One, it is revealed that the Pikes helped Dooku keep the death of Sifo-Dyas hidden from the Jedi. So again, this is another part of the universe and lore that the Pike Syndicate was involved in, right? But the Pike Syndicate hasn't always been aligned um, with uh, the Galactic Empire, though they haven't been frequently on the side of the Republic either, because during the wars, the Clone Wars, they became members of Darth Maul's Shadow Alliance. Um, This is an organization comprised of criminal families, militias, and Sith warriors um, that competed with Palpatine's forces for the control of the galaxy. In Clone Wars uh, Season 5, the episode titled Shades of Reason, the Pike staged an attack on Mandalore as part of the collective in order to aid the Death Watch militia and Darth Maul take control of that planet. So the Pikes have been involved in a lot of stuff that's happened and that we've actually watched and um, experienced while watching certain series or movies of Star Wars, right? Um, And then moving on, when when we first get to see them in a more live action uh, version of the Pikes, in Solo... Um, the the solo movie, the Han solo movie, Han and Chewbacca were taken to Kessel by Tobias Beckett. Uh, in the Millennium Falcon, they were uh, given as slaves by Kira, that's Amelia Clark's uh, character, to the Pike leader Quay Tulsidi. I think it's Tulsidi or Tulsite. Um, correct me if I'm wrong or whatever. As part of a plan to steal coaxium for the Crimson Dawn Syndicate. Um whose boss is Dryden Voss, right? The heist was successful and left the Pikes to deal with a slave revolt as their foes escaped through the Kessel Run, the infamous Kessel Run. So there you have it. That's a brief uh, backstory about how the Pikes were involved in many different facets of the Star Wars universe and how this could be a major thing to deal with in this show, in this series. Um, so basically, like, what does this mean for the book, book of Boba Fett, right? Well, because of the deep history of the Pikes and now seeing their prominence, uh, this could basically mean that we can see the return possibly of the Crimson Dawn. Can they possibly be showing up again in this series uh, or in a future iteration or something like that? Could we see the return of Kira 
Uh, we know that she's still around. The last time we saw her in Solo, she was talking directly to Darth Maul, right? Um, as we found out that Darth Maul was involved in that syndicate and was the, the leader at the time, right? So could we see the return of her? Um, you know, are the Pikes really looking to take over all of Tatooine like they attempted to do with Mandalore, right? So regardless of what it is, whatever they're planning or how the pikes uh, are gonna uh, come into play here this is they're definitely going to be the main focus for this series i think in my opinion um and like i said before i think boba's next move here is to rally up the crime families put them all together um to fight off against them uh, against whatever they're trying to do if they're trying to take over or what have you so very very interesting stuff there i hope you enjoyed the history lesson the star wars history lesson i tried my best to do my research and to share all this information with all of you because a lot of it was all interesting to me because again like i've seen these creatures before i've seen them pop up now and then but i never really understood fully um their their uh their reasoning or you know their their prominence within the lore of the star wars universe so it's it's very interesting and it's like a big revelation again if you're a diehard star wars fan and you're really into a lot of the backstory the books the comics you know along with the movies and what have you then of course you're probably gonna you know know a lot of this stuff or at least most of it right um, but for the casual fan, you know, I kind of like ride that line in between. I don't read a lot of the books anymore. I don't. I stopped reading the comics a long time ago. I love the movies. I love the shows that we're getting. Um, you know, and if I need to learn something, then I will read about it and and look it up and everything. So um, it's it's very interesting stuff. I can't wait to see what's going to be next. Um, but I am very interested to hear what you all think about it. Um, because like I always say, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters most is what all of you think. So how did you like this episode? How did you like all the reveals? Um, what do you think is, is in store for Boba moving forward? Is this the last that we've seen of the Huts? I don't think so, because I have a feeling that they're kind of putting onus on Boba to figure out how to deal with the Pikes. And maybe once he does, they're going to try to sneak their way back in. I mean, they're Huts, right? You know, they're kind of, that's how they, that's how they do. Um, are we going to see my favorite boy, uh, Black Sandston, again? Uh, I hope so. I mean, could you imagine him and Boba working together with Fennec? I mean, and the Rancor as he's riding. How the hell do you ride a Rancor? Um, but I have a feeling we're going to end up seeing it. And I hope it's not going to look cheesy. I really hope. Um, because that would be a shame, a huge shame. But... Let me know all your thoughts, feedback in the comments. Again, if you are new, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Again, if you are an audio listener, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, this in audio format, go to the Loki Geek channel um, on the podcast platform of your choice. Don't forget to download the episodes. And if it prompts you, leave a nice rating. And that's all for now. So thank you once again for tuning in. And I will catch all of you guys next week. Don't forget, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. And see you all next week. All right, peace.